Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. At the moment, of course, the most important people in this country are the frontline workers, particularly those in our caring industry and doctors and nurses and care homes and everything else who are looking after sick people. And an initiative to get many Irish doctors as possible home to fight against the spread of coronavirus in the country has uh, so far resulted in many health workers returning from overseas. And uh, Answer Ireland's call has grown exponentially. From a kind gesture from the Irish businessman Nilo Sands, who last week offered to pay for flights for two Irish doctors from anywhere on earth, offering to put them up in his own home free of charge while he self-isolated with his parents elsewhere. And he joins me on the line. Neil, good afternoon. How are good you? Good afternoon. Thank no, you very much. I'm, in, I'm enjoying the, uh, the leaving cert weather. <laughs> right, the, the leaving cert weather. Well, at least, well, they say the weather is supposed to turn at the weekend. It's not supposed to be as good. And I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. In some sense, I'm sure the Garda Shea Connor are going to say it's a good thing because it'll discourage people from venturing out. But maybe it's a bad thing too that we like to enjoy the weekends. But Neil, you're a very generous man. Um, what made you, first of all, kind of, uh, what brought upon this initiative to try, I suppose, and help out the way you're helping out at the moment? The fact, apart from the fact that you obviously have a little bit of money. Um, well, I would say the generosity of the Irish people is maybe our greatest natural resource. And um, I just knew when I was leaving my, my own place, I've been in California for the last 10 years. I was in Silicon Valley, and it's probably one of the more optimist, optimistic places on the planet, really. Yeah. Um, but I just saw when I was out there so many uh, folks, you know, young folks that are, are really, they're optimistic about coming home. They're optimistic about what Ireland can achieve. And there's just financial barriers, logistical barriers that are in their way. And that's never more true now than at the moment with so many of our doctors and, and nurses and healthcare professionals that are stuck in lockdown countries at the moment or very many of them as we've heard over the course of the last number of weeks had flights cancelled I mean it's, so, al- it's always been a huge debate in this country Neil as to why we lose so many of our medics and our doctors and our nurses because of course not only is the money better in a lot of countries around the world particularly places like Dubai and uh, you know the United States and uh, maybe the NHS in the UK but the opportunities are better for them and I suppose that's always been the reason they kind of leave us I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing a friend of mine Kingsley Aikens often says that uh, immigration should be mandatory for a period Mm. There's a lot to be said for being abroad um, and bringing that, that skill set back home. I myself had exposure with, you know, the, the Facebooks and Disney's and Salesforce of the world when I was in Silicon Valley that that opportunity might just have been a little more hard to come by in Dublin. But being able to bring that home and indeed for so many of these folks that are bringing their medical talents back to the shores at a time when we need it so badly is a huge advantage. Um, and so I think there's a yin and yang there. Yeah. I mean, it's all well and good, I suppose, from your point of view. You were saying, obviously, you'd pay for flights, etc. I mean, it's well and good having people coming home from New Zealand or Malawi or United Kingdom or Australia or other places where they've come from. But when they get here, they need somewhere to stay. Now, we've already gone through, you know, debate after debate over the last four years of our housing crisis. But that shouldn't be too much of an issue now because we don't have any tourism. So we seem to have plenty of empty Airbnbs. We do, and we're in discussions with Airbnb at the moment. I think landlords in Ireland get a very hard rap, and maybe for some, some good reasons. But on answerirelandscall.com, we have received hundreds of offers of accommodation. We had a lady in Drogheda who was willing to move out, 71 years of age, oh. willing to move out of her place and move in with her sister so she could vacate that property for a homecoming medic. There's a lot of goodwill out there. It's just a forum 
for, for us to be able to house the heroes when they get back. And, and that's really what we're looking to achieve in addition to flights. Okay, so if people have an Airbnb, obviously they need to vacate it, because, or it needs to be empty, because I suppose the big problem at the moment for doctors and nurses, and we heard this about two weeks ago when Simon Harris mentioned that they were going to bring in some sort of a package to help accommodate nurses who are living together. A lot of nurses and doctors, you know, by the very nature of their career, they tend to, when they're student nurses and doctors, they tend to live in groups. So you might have four or five nurses yeah. living in a house. And that's not really a good thing in this current climate because, you know, if one gets it, they're all out of work. Uh, so that's a big problem. So we need to try and keep people apart, isn't it? Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely a challenge. And I think, you know, the HSE are moving as quickly as they can. I think we're all very... Um, eager to, to be able to help and, and the HSE are moving as, as quick as they can, particularly on the accommodation side. There's hotels all over the country right now in Nile that have ensuite bathrooms that are perfectly designed and student accommodation in the very same vein. Um, and I'd call on any of those folks to come forward um, and, and offer their help on answeronscall.com. But we are, we are dragging our heels on that front at the moment. And there's stories of nurses, we've heard them reports of ourselves, of nurses sleeping in cars because they don't want to, to bring their, um, you know, potential potential virus um, contagions back in, into their homes and into their friends. And mm-hmm. so that's just not good enough. I think whatever can be done to, to step forward and provide some of that accommodation needs to be done immediately. Because, of course, if a nurse is working on the front line and, and she's living with three other nurses or two doctors or whatever it happens to be, and, and she gets a bit of a cough or notices mm-hmm. she might have a couple of symptoms, it can take a couple of days before she gets a negative or a positive result to a test. And, you know, in, in that particular time, then you have four people out of work and that's four people out of action. That's four people less maybe for ICU. So that's four beds less we can treat people on. And all that has a huge knock-on effect. Well, the knock-on effect is, is really significant, right? So even in the last week, we've brought 25 doctors and nurses homes, majority of them doctors in the last week. If you imagine that the average doctor on a COVID ward sees somewhere in between 12 to 16 people in a day, that knock-on effect, if you get two or three of those home, is massive in a week and in a month. And so you can make a real dent on this if you can get folks onto the front line and get as many hands kind of shoulder to shoulder with them as possible. The same is true for infection, however. So the more folks that we can get into isolated uh, accommodation and keep them on the front line, um, the better for everyone. Um, And if people want or if somebody has accommodation that they believe they can donate or they can make available to you for a period of time, obviously you want it for a reason. Well, when I say reasonable period, at least three to six months anyway, uh, judging by the way things are going at the moment. I mean, how can they go about doing that? How can they contact uh, Answer Ireland's Call or what's the best way of doing that? Yeah, answerirelandscall.com. We have a GoFundMe page where, again, as I say, the generosity of the Irish people is a huge asset on our balance sheet here. And I think that um, those folks that come forward can offer it from anything to 14 days. Um, that's the, the period of time that our returning doctors need initially when they come in, and there's an acute need for that. Yep. Um, the other thing you can do is for the price of a cup of coffee, you can, um, you can contribute to somebody's flight on the way home. And we've had lots of Irish businesses put their hand up and say, hey, this is a really tangible way for, for us to stand shoulder to shoulder with the front line, you know, social distancing uh, observed and get somebody back. And how, the, by the way, in relation to this, sorry for interrupting you, but the, are the airlines getting involved in this gesture in some way? Are they, are they doing any discounts or are they, have you talked they, to the airlines to see what they're doing? We have, and we've had a very good reception with a number. We're actually getting um, some help from the US at the moment um, to cargo some PPE in as well. So we say that we fly the front line, we house the front line, and then we equip the front line with the product that they need to fight COVID. Uh, airlines have been very very useful to us um, in terms of the, the cargo front on, on PPE and you have to remember a lot of these countries are locked down at the moment so even getting somebody to an airport mm-hmm. 
um, from Christchurch to Auckland in New Zealand was a massive undertaking. I, I, know, th- I know there's a huge issue Auckland. around them even getting off the plane. So they have to, the staff, I, I know when they're going over, for example, to China uh, to get the PPE, the staff are not allowed to get off the plane. Uh, they can literally allow one engineer to get off the plane and circle the plane to you know, obviously do the obvious inspections that he has to before they take off again. But apart from that, nobody else is allowed off the plane. Exactly, yeah, and the logistics issues just go on and on, right? So just isolating somebody, getting somebody from the airport. We watched um, mothers and fathers at the airport drive up to the front front door, drop the keys on the on the hood of the car, having not seen their uh, their you know significant um, their offspring for yeah. a number of years, and they they can't hug them, they can't high five them, they can't welcome them home, and you know they drive behind them to isolated accommodation which we've been very lucky to be able to provide yeah the other thing i just remind folks um as well in terms of, of social distancing like that's that stuff really matters everybody who we've um brought back is coming back from a country where it's it's in lockdown the likes of new zealand and australia and these doctors are just you know singing it over and over again how important social isolation is um and, and social distancing and, is. And, and look that was made the point of that to, on the news just before you came on that we can do more than doctors and nurses we can save more lives than doctors and nurses by actually just doing what we're told essentially uh, within reason obviously yeah and one of the doctors said to me this thing goes out the same way it came in will be with one case so even if if we all observe our social distancing and we allow one case back into the population when we decide to start society back up again that kicks this off into a second wave and, wave, and there's a real, real worry about that. Yeah, I know China are very worried about that at the moment, particularly in Wuhan. I watched the celebrations in Wuhan yesterday, and although I do believe those celebrations may be a little bit premature, um, I did watch them last night. It was very, quite interesting to watch the way they've gone back to some level of normality, although they do still have uh, some level of restrictions in place around crowds and masses and stuff like that. But look, Neil, it's a wonderful gesture, and I think it's a wonderful idea, and if people want more information, we'll put a link up on our Twitter account there and our Facebook account there as well, uh, if people want to maybe get in contact if they have something to, that they can think they can do or offer and I appreciate yeah and just that. I would say a word yeah. of thanks to all those people who've answered our, Ireland's call with us um, the, the funds are not lost on us there was a delivery driver who gave us his month's salary the last couple of days and every cent of that is, is going to our front line and getting the back so really appreciate all of the, the donations to date all right, listen, thank you very much indeed, Neil. Thank you, Neil. And another person who's been very involved in these types of gestures in relation to, I suppose, trying to source accommodation uh, for medics, for nurses, for doctors. And I've watched his Twitter account with great interest. Pat Phelan, how are you doing? Businessman from Cork, how are you, Pat? I'm good, how are you? Pat, I've watched your Twitter account, and I have to say your <laughs> generosity knows no bounds. Well, I mean, listen, what, I mean, I'm, what? Just, I'm just protecting myself in case I get sick. <laughs> I know, I, maybe that's what it is. I don't know what age category you're in, Pat. But, <laughs> but in saying, Pat, Pat, what made you? I mean, you seem to come out of. Uh, I'm not saying come out of nowhere. Obviously, you're a well-known businessman in Cork. But I mean, in relation to this, you seem to have a real passion for it at the moment on Twitter. And I've watched you constantly asking people to DM you if they have places. You had three, as far as I know, apartments yourself, which you gave up yourself. Um, you're, you're also offering to pay for apartments. I mean, what? what you're very passionate passionate about it and what, what brings that about? So I suppose the thing that kind of made me feel insignificant at the start was I have a chain of aesthetic clinics called Sisu mm-hmm. and my two partners and obviously we have seven of them and my two co-founders are, are both doctors, James and Brian Cotter and we have doctors working in every clinic and the minute there was a whisper that this was coming you know, I got the same message from my partners as I got from all our all, all our other doctors. Hey, we'll be off now because we have to go back to the front line. Right, okay. And that kind of blew me away. I thought, you know, these are 
you know, these are businessmen, but the minute the call went out, they went, and I said... Because they have, because they have a vocation. Yeah, they have a vocation for the yeah, job. Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. you know. So, the first one, uh, I was thinking about what to do, of course, and being a typical Corkman, I was thinking quite a bit, and I got a, a, I got a message online, or I saw a message online from a young Dublin nurse called Ruthie McHugh, who said, hey, the buses don't suit me to get to work, to change in the buses, transport's going to cost me 100 quid a week, what do I do here? And I saw a tweet, and I thought, oh, I can solve that. So I reached out to GoCar, and I said to GoCar, if I pay insurance, will you give me the cars for free? Because I'm sure your rental cars are doing nothing. Of course, yeah, because there's nobody in the city to pick them up, yeah. Yeah, so they... um, they gave me 300, well, they gave, we did 100 first, 100 cars, so we sent 100 frontline staff to work without worrying about public transport. So you paid for the insurance for the, for the 100 <laughs> cars? Yeah. Okay, all right, good man yourself. So I paid for that first, and then another very famous Cork entrepreneur who should rename, rename nameless, nameless yeah. he gave me the money for another 100. Right, so now, now we have 200 cars for, yeah. for nurses and doctors and care workers who need to get and, to work. And yeah. yesterday, one of the major Dublin entrepreneurs, Colm Line, who used to own Relix and sold it a few years ago, now owns a company called Fire, he gave me another 100. Okay. So we have 300 cars. Uh, if anybody wants them, they can email info gocar.ie once they're a hospital worker. So, okay, so just to clarify, free. okay, so just to clarify, and, and this is no matter where you are in the country, by the way, not no just No matter Cork. where you are yeah. in the country, email info gocar.ie, send them your license and a copy of your uh, identity card, you'll get a car for free. Okay, so that'll get you to and from work, of course, if you're finding exactly. it. Exactly. And, and, and by the way, like, because the, the difficulty is, the last thing we want is a nurse, and I'm not saying that everybody on a Lewis line, by the way, or on a bus is infected or anything like that, but the last thing you want them is in a position where they may get infected. So you want them to be able to get to and from work without having to meet too many people so they can continue to do the great job they're doing, I suppose. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And not only that, you know, people who are, you know yourself when it's public transport, you could be an hour and a half from work, you finish 11 o'clock at night, you're home for 12.30. So what I was trying to do was say, if these guys, doctors, nurses, be it cleaners, we don't care. If, they, if we can just get them to work, get them to work safely and take every worry away, the guy is, guys that feed the heroes or doing the food, we're doing the cars. And then after all that, people started messaging me and saying, listen, uh, the first one was a Garda. I live with my parents, they're elderly, I've been told to isolate, do you know anybody? And I said, look, I'll try Twitter. I don't own any apartments myself, Okay. but I've, I've got 17 apartments so far, and I think there's been a huge gap here in the HSE thinking, and I know everybody's under enough pressure, but they announced that, you know, people in the front line should isolate anyway. Yeah. But they never made any arrangements. I know that's what I was talking a few minutes ago about the fact that I said to Neil that they did, Simon Harris did mention putting together some sort of package to avoid nurses living together and doctors living together. And as, and, and, and as you said, and, and this is a real, I had a call yesterday with the head of nursing in a, a pretty major hospital in Cork. In her, in her intensive care, she has three Filipino nurses who live together. One of their husbands is in another hospital as an intensive care nurse. So if someone gets sick here, they all live together. That's all five of them gone. Gone completely. Yeah. And, that's, take, and that's five beds. Yes, of course. Damage that's going to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, and, so and I think it's so important. There's people now 
Mm-hmm. The 17 people have been rehoused. This is just generosity, by the way. There's nobody getting any money or anything. We're not raising money. These are just decent people who want to help. Like yourself, Pat, decent people. I, it wasn't cheap to insure 100 cars. I mean, go, go on. Sure, I've done very well. You know I what know, I mean? I've okay. done well out of Ireland anyway. You know, it's about, about time I started giving back. I don't mean that. Yeah, I know. You're not looking for any... You don't look for a round of applause. I've no interest in that kind of stuff. But it's, yeah. I, I, I think that, you know, I just had a message this morning from somebody who's got two 16-bed units, completely independent, very close to Vincent, fully willing to give them up, has offered them to the HSE, no feedback. I have two hotels in Cork who's offered them to the HSE, no feedback. Someone needs to get the finger out here now. Right, and have you spoken to some, because, I mean, look, you've quite a lot of contacts and, you know, you're quite popular on Twitter as well there. Have you tried to reach out to Simon Harris yourself? I have, but, you know, these guys are... Difficult man to catch, I know, I know that. (laughs) Believe me, me, we're reaching out to him on a regular basis, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, the the accommodation... Here's the thing I'll say. The accommodation is there. People want to give it. And, and what I thought yesterday was amazing, and I don't know if you know about it, uh, daft.ie, Eamon Fallon. So Eamon and daft.ie built housingheroes.daft.ie. Okay. And if you have accommodation, you can go on there, you can donate it, and a, a, cert, a certified person who works in the healthcare will move in there. Right, and, and of course, you know, the, the, it's not such so, so some chance or you're guaranteed that somebody who genuinely oh, needs... will do all the yeah, background. They'll so do all the background, yeah. And there's no, again, no money involved. This is like Ireland looking after Ireland now. These people are looking it's, after it is wonderful. It, it, it is wonderful to see so many people trying to do so much to help. It really is. And it, it just goes to show you, you know, at a time like this, I think Irish people, compared to any other country I've witnessed on the news, be it the UK or America over the last two or, two or three weeks, Irish people just certainly come together at a time like this. They really do. I think it's amazing, you know. It, it, like every conversation you have said, ah, uh, you know, this is probably to try bring us closer together, you know, mm-hmm. a bit like after the, you know, after the last bust. Yeah, you know, absolutely. That bit of carried away is that sheen is taken off us and we all become one again. All right. Well, look, you stay safe, Pat, as well, obviously, from your own point of personal point of view, too. <laughs> stay safe as well and hope business. How's your business, by the way, being affected at the moment? Oh, we're closed. We, 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 we actually closed early because everyone went it's back. Gone. So it's gone. Seven, seven CSUs are all closed. But look, It'll be back. It'll be back. It'll be back. And that's that's unimportant in these times, you know. Well, look, what's important too is what we're doing at the moment. And I have to say you're playing a huge role in that, Pat, uh, particularly down in Cork. And a lot of people are very appreciative of all the efforts and the work that you're making. And the very fact, and I'm not trying to give you a pat on the back, of course, the very fact that you admit that you've made a lot of money out of Ireland and you're quite willing at a time like this to give a lot of it back again. And I think that's a really generous thing to do. Uh, thank Thanks you very, very much, much indeed, Pat. All right, appreciate All right. it. There you go, Bye-bye. Pat Phelan, uh, Cork businessman, doing as much as he can. And maybe you know what their kind gestures people are doing. We'd like to obviously air them as well, because as well as all the negativity around coronavirus, we're seeing some wonderful positivity. And there's two people who've gone out of the way. Yep, they have a bit of money. There's no doubt about it. We all, we're Irish. We begrudge them every now and again, because they're wealthy businessmen and businesswomen. And they... At a time like this, they'll come out and they'll say, yeah, I've got a bit of money. I've made it out of Ireland and I'm willing to try and put something back in again. I'm willing to help. I'm willing to pay my, use my personal money to try and make other people healthier. And I think that's a wonderful, wonderful gesture. 
Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.